0: All right, well, I'm really loud. Yeah. Hello? So basically what we're doing this morning is we're preaching to all of Farmington, Davie County, and the surrounding area. That's what we're broadcasting to. So it might be a little loud for you guys, but just know we're reaching people beyond the walls. Um, So happy Mother's Day. If I could get some lights in here, that'd be great. Turn to your mother and say, happy Mother's Day. And now turn to a mother who's not your mother and say, Happy Mother's Day. Good? Very good. Um, Before I get too far into this this morning, I do want to say um, thank you uh, for last Sunday night where you celebrated 10 years of of me being here. That was really, really nice. Um, I was very surprised, Um, not as surprised as I was of the many cars that would have been here for Aaron's birthday party that I was told I was coming. I'm just kind of joking with him a little bit. But, um, but yeah, it, it was really nice. And the gifts that were in the bag um, was, was very nice, and I really appreciate it. And to me, this is the 10th day of the next 10 years um, here at the church. So um, I'm going to be here a while. So that's, that's what it's going to be. So um when I, when I prayed for God to give me a church, to show me put me in a church, I prayed that it would be a church I would go my entire life, that I would be able to hold kids and see them get married and see that whole process and kind of help people along in, in that way. And you can't do that in three years. So it, it's a lifetime commitment. But I really appreciate the love that y'all showed. It It really meant a lot and really encouraged me too. So um, that's it. So on to the sermon. If... By the way, we have our children's worship in here today. Can you make some noise, children's worship? Now, before, during the um, actual Mother's Day breakfast we had, y'all made more noise than that. So can I hear some noise from the children's worship this morning? Very good. All right, so this is what I want you to do. If you think every, and this is every kid in here, including teenagers, if you think you look like your mama, stand up. Do you think you look like your mama, stand up. Very good, very good. So you may be seated. <clears throat> we have just identified the favorites. <laughs> it's what, what we have, have just done. It is an absolutely amazing thing that kids do look like their parents, like one or both of them in the same um, and, and so, it's really cool to see that. And as they grow up, they do become their own person, but they still have that same heritage of either the father or the, or the mother as they grow up, and that's a pretty, pretty neat thing. <clears throat> as children of God, however, we are not necessarily currently in Jesus' image. It is something that we are being developed into, so it's totally different when we're born, we're already in the image of our family. But when we're born again, we are not exactly in the image of Christ yet. That's called transformation. And over a period of time of walking with Jesus in faith, we become more like Christ and look more like him. Here are two verses. <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> Allergies, man, is, is a killer. All right, here we go. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 49 says, Just as we have been born the image of the man of dust we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. And that man of heaven is no other than Jesus Christ. Here's the next verse. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 says, And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit, So if you're a believer, if you received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're currently in a transformation process Jesus has you in, and you're becoming more like him. So with that in mind, I want you to turn in your Bibles to uh, 1 John, 1 John chapter 2, 1 John chapter 2. First John chapter 2. And we'll begin reading with verse 28. And this is what it says. And now, little children, abide in him, so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame, But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Now, in verse 28, which is the verse we started in, there's some pretty cool Greek words in this passage of scripture. Here's the first one. It's phanero. Can you say that to your neighbor? Phanero. Can't okay, go like this and say, fan a row, and go to the row behind you. Fan, yeah, I know that's a little silly. Fan a row. Fan a row is actually the word here that means appears. Um, fan a row, it, the first part of that word is "phanos" or phos, which we get our word fluorescent from. I know there's, there's a bridge there. We're not going to go into that, but nonetheless, we get fluorescent from. And the meaning of the word is this. <clears throat> if you have a flashlight and it's nighttime, and you're in a room, and there's something over here that you cannot see, you shine that light over at it, and all of a sudden, you see it, and it appears. If you take the light away from it, it disappears. At least you can't see it because it's shrouded in darkness. So when we're sitting here at this verse saying, and now, little children, abide in him so that when he appears, what he is telling you is, Jesus is here right now. You just can't see him. But one day, when the lights come on, and he returns, you will be able to see him as he is. He's here now, but you can't see him. But when the lights come on, you'll be able to see Jesus, who has always been with you. Isn't that an amazing concept? When he appears, the lights come on here's the next word. It's this one. It's parisa. Say that to your word, parisa. Parisa. Yeah, this is a great, a great word too. Um, and now little children, abide in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence. This is the word for confidence. Now, the meaning of this word does not have an English equivalent. We, we kind of stumble around with the confidence thing, with the boldness thing, with the thing, stuff like that. It, it's a little deeper than all of that. Look at verse 21 in chapter 3. It says, it says this, Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. In other words, it's a confidence that's at the deepest Part of your being where you know you are living right and you have confidence to stand before God. It's deep-seated confidence. Because you know, I can poke out my chest and look like I have confidence, but inside be fragile. This is a confidence where I don't even have to poke out my chest to show I have confidence. I have it. It's deep inside of me, and I know I have it, and I'm secure, and I'm on solid. Look at chapter 5, verse 14. Just flip over there a minute, and you'll see this word again. It says this, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. In other words, I have a confidence that when I go to the Lord in prayer, a deep-seated confidence, if I'm praying in God's will, he is going to hear me. So there's a deep, 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 deep confidence that this word parisa actually means. And so when you read back through the verse, and now little children abide in him so that when he appears, when the lights come on, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. Now the last word is this one right here. And this is parosa. Say that to your neighbor, perosa. This is basically He's coming back. Actually, this word has a different nuance to it than just someone coming back. This is a word that's used in the Greek language of an owner that has gone on vacation or to another country, and the people he's left behind to take care of his stuff, right, know that he's coming back on a particular day. And as he begins to return, they begin to clean the house and get everything in order because they are going to be ready for his return. Now, I should have wrote this down. I don't don't remember the new royal baby that was born. Do you know what I'm talking about? In England. Louis? The little baby's Louis? Okay. So... According to the news, okay, she went in, that lady did, she went in and had the little baby Louie, and seven hours later, she came out of the hospital. Did you see the pictures? In heels, makeup, hair is straight, carrying the little kid and just smiling. I've been to see a bunch of kids in this church Uh Uh-uh. There's no way. Look, I have a theory about this. It's a conspiracy theory. I think what happened was a couple of days before she actually had the kid, right? And she had it privately. And then she waited around in the hospital a little bit, and then they announced, oh, she's about to have her baby. And then seven hours later, when she's, you know, she feels like walking again, she comes out with, with the baby, and she, I mean, she's walking in heels downstairs. Are you getting it, Mother's? Again, that it, it, it shouldn't happen that way. But here she is. She's holding it. Now, what that did was, if I'm right, which I usually am, um, if, I'm in, if I'm right, that means that the paparazzi prepared to be at that location at that moment to get the first shot of that kid. They prepared themselves for Louis to come into the world for the very first time. That is perosa. It's when a, a group of people know that a dignitary is coming in, an owner is coming in, and they're getting ready, and they don't want to miss the moment, and they step forward, and they take their pictures, and they're all about what is happening at that moment. So, That verse, and now, little children, abide in him. So when he appears, when the lights come on, we may have confidence, like a deep-seated confidence, right? And not shrink from him in shame at his coming. In other words, we are ready for him to return. So what, what in the world does this mean? This means that if I abide in Christ... I have a hope and a confidence that things will change in the future. I have a hope and a confidence that somewhere down the road, all this mess that is happening here on earth will be totally cleaned up and Jesus will make it right. There is a dignitary coming one day, and when the lights come on, All the travesty in this life will flee away because the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords will be setting up his government here on earth and it will be absolutely incredible. And you and I need to live in such a way that when that coming happens, when the lights come on and we actually see Jesus, that we do not feel like we have to shrink back because we are not living correctly. But because we have lived correctly and we're obeying what he's telling us to do, we have a confidence that when he shows up, we can actually stand before him and praise his name and say, I did all this work looking forward to the day where you would turn the lights on and we would see you face to face. Come on. That is what I'm looking for. And we abide in Christ for that purpose. So let's continue. If you know, verse 29, that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. And then the very next word, of chapter three, verse one, is what? Say it out loud. See. 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 Now, <clears throat> just to show you that I'm educated, that is an aorist punctiliar imperative. heiress punctiliar imperative. Turn to your neighbor and say, I have no clue what that means. So to kind of illustrate this, number one, first of all, an imperative is a command. So there's a command, and there's something here that, that the writer is saying, you need to see this. I'm commanding you to see this. Now, real quickly, I want all the kids in the room to come on stage. All the kids, come on up. Put down your devices, your Bibles, all that kind of stuff. Come up on stage, all right? All the kids, all of you teenagers, whatever, it doesn't matter. Come on up. Come on up. Yep, and we're going to face this direction. Come on up. All right, this is what I want you to do. I want you to turn around four times and then point to your parents. Just kidding. Don't do that. You'll get hurt. Don't do that. Just point to your parents wherever they are in the audience. Point to them. Point to them. Wave and say, I love you, mom. Yeah, this is great. Now, there are a few of you in here, a lot of you in here that aren't mad at any of the children up here that are pointing to you, and in your faces is like a love for that kid on stage. You know they're not going to do very much, but your love is for these kids on stage. In fact, when you see in the eris punctiliar imperative, automatically in your hearts, mom and dad, is a love for the kids that you have on stage, in fact, you would look up there and have favorites which are yours. And you see it and your love goes forward to these kids. Now give them a hand and y'all go back and sit down. Got it? Just jump, man. I know you can do it. Good. Jump. So in this passage of scripture, he is saying, "See Look at God and see the love that the Father has for you and for me. God loves you like a parent loves you. He is our Father. And when He sees you, He sees you in love. And when we look at Him, we know that He loves. So in this passage of Scripture, it is see command. What kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called the children of God. I don't know if you know this or not, but it's not me that calls you a child of God. It's not me that gave you that title. It's not your neighbor that gave you that title, child of God. It is God himself as he looked at you and he demonstrated his love towards you in such a way that he looks at you and he says, that is my child, that is my child, That is my child. What is this love that he's talking about? Well, it's no other than Jesus Christ becoming flesh and dwelling among us. A nice nice cultured pastor that I know says, he came, became flesh, and lived in our neighborhood. Jesus Christ came because he wanted you to be his child. And what a great love, and amazing love that he has for you. It is the love of a parent, of a mom to a child, of a dad to a child. God the Father gives that and demonstrates that to us. And John says, do not miss that. This is why. How many of you think that life is hard? Life is tough. And when life is tough, We don't know exactly what's going on in this church. There's a lot of people that think they do, but they really don't. We don't know what's going on here, but he's addressing something. And what he is trying to get these people to understand is no matter how hard your life is right now, no matter the struggles that you are going through, see, ladies and gentlemen, that God the Father loves you and calls you his child. You may feel like dirt, you may feel like you're worthless, you may feel like you're nothing. But the writer of Scripture says, get rid of all of that and look up and see the great, amazing love of the Father that he calls you his child. That is an amazing thought. That is an amazing thought. So, has anybody wondered what in the world she's doing up here? Raise your hand. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was wondering too. You see, this right here, she is is drawing something, and she is the artist, and we don't really know what that is right now. She's part of the way down the page. She has some colors in here, and it's really kind of cool just to see her kind of draw with a Sharpie marker whatever she's trying to create that she decided to do last night in her brain. So she has a picture in her mind of what this is going to look like that you and I are not a part of, but what we see is an amazing ray of colors and maybe some blackness right here and some stuff right here. I might not know what she is doing, but I can tell her, you not just as her father, but whatever she's creating is going to be great. It's going to be great. Why? Because I know The artist. I know the artist. In this passage of Scripture, it says this. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called the children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. You see, I know the artist. I know what she is capable of. And I'm going to show you a few of those. For instance, when she was four years old in a preschool room, she drew this. It is backwards, but it's still pretty impressive for four years old, for a parent. And I like that art so much, we had it framed. Okay. Look at this one. This is one she did in fifth grade. You may not know this or not, but this won an award, and actually for the next year at Old Salem was a part of their little pamphlets. So She won an award, and then they printed this on their pamphlets. I don't know what she is doing. I don't know what this is going to become, but I know the artist, and I know it's going to be great. Here's another one. This is her brother she did. Just a few years ago. This is when she was in middle school. She drew a picture of his 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 face. Now his nose is a little bit big, but that's okay. That's okay. We still know the artist, right? Right? Here's the next one. Look at this. Now this is her. Now what you can't you don't know about this is that the this is not with paint and it's not with pen. It's little pieces of paper that she cut out and then glued them on top of each other in order to make that picture. In fact, if you look at that in my home, you will see that there's layers of paper on it when you get really close, and she stuck them exactly where they needed to go. That is far beyond anything her dad can do. That is amazing to me. Um, that scope and so that that is her so I might not know exactly what's going on here but I know the artist and I've seen the other stuff that she has created and I'm pretty sure that that is going to be great too so I don't know if you're like me but sometimes I have no idea what God is doing in my life come on I have no idea what God is doing in my life. In fact, he's painting something because he's the master artist. He's, he's trying to mold me into the image of his son and I do not know what that looks like. I do not know what's going on. I do not know what the picture is gonna look like. I, I'm kind of confused at all of this because this text says I'm a child of God and what I will be has not yet appeared and what you have been or are going to be has not appeared yet. And we wonder what in the world God is doing and what He is painting and how He is working this together. But this is what we know we know the artist, and He does amazing work. And even though we don't understand what He is doing, we know that whatever He is doing is going to be great and awesome and something to be a part of. Come on, church. And I think that we have a group of people here today that needs to hear that. And if you know the artist, if you know God, this passage of Scripture says in verse 28, now little children abide in him. I don't know what troubles you're having. You may be a mom here today and you're sitting beside your children, and you're just not sure what in the world to do. I'm not saying anything. They might be in middle school, and you just don't know what to do. They may be doing things that you never thought that they would do, that you would never want them to do, and you're not really sure how to control them and how to push them in the right way and how to deal with whatever is happening in your home because unfortunately or fortunately, We did not get an owner's manual when these kids were birthed. Come on. You're looking at that kid and you're wondering, I don't know what to do. It's Mother's Day. I love them, but I don't know what to do. I want the best for them, and I don't know what's going on. I don't know what their picture is going to look like in the future. Here's what I'm telling you today. There's a master artist at work, and he's creating something awesome with you and with that child, especially if that child knows Jesus. He is painting an amazing picture. Abide in God. There may be some people here today that just struggle and struggle and struggle with some type of addiction, and they're trying to get it out of their life, but they keep, keep going back to it, and they just can't get rid of it, and they wonder every time they fall what in the world's going on, because in their heart, they don't want to follow that addiction, but they seem to be in it before they know it, and then they're pulling out because they feel guilty, and then they, they ask forgiveness of God and all that kind of stuff. And, and I'm here to tell you today, keep fighting the fight. Keep abiding in Christ because the master artist is painting something amazing and it's going to look beautiful in the end. Keep going after it. There may be some of you in this room today that have kept telling yourself, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough as a mom. I'm not good enough as a dad. I'm not good enough at work. Everybody looks down on me. I just just feel like I can't do anything thing right i feel like it's just all kind of falling apart this morning you need to tell yourself a couple of things that are true first of all you need to give yourself a level of grace and peace you need to just tell yourself grace and peace you're beating yourself up give yourself some grace give yourself some peace Grace and peace, grace and peace. The next thing you need to tell yourself, because you're telling yourself a bunch of negative stuff, you need to do some positive stuff this morning, you need to tell yourself how great is the love of the Father that I am called a child of His, and He loves me amazingly. I may feel like crap. But God loves me as his child. I may feel like I'm not valuable, but God loves me as his child. And if you are believing the voices, if you're believing the voices that, hey, I'm crappy, I have no value, you need to stop a moment and tell yourself how great is the love of the Father that he loves Me, and I am called his child. That is the message of the gospel. It's to rescue you. Abide in Christ. Abide in the artist and trust what he is doing. Amen? Tell yourself that. Well, pastor, I just don't want to lie. You are lying to yourself any moment that you devalue what Jesus loved. You are lying to yourself every time you think that you are nothing at all when you know from Scripture God has loved you so much to call you his child. There is no greater honor on this earth than to be called a child of God and to have his love. So I don't know what you're struggling with. I don't know if it's work. I don't know if it's something here. But if you're feeling down this morning, know this. God loves you, you're his child, and he loves you as a good parent should love their children. Amen? Trust the artist. So with that said, every head bowed, every eye closed. I want you to take just a few moments. If you're struggling with something this morning, I want you to kind of pray about that. And I want you to give yourself some grace and peace.